Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It is time now for the bigger picture. And Ryan, you're looking at a lot of things, red flags, data, all focused on inflation. Yeah, red flags indeed. And I think a lot of expectations on the data out tonight around the US inflation picture, which is already at 40-year high, so a high reading could prompt more expectations for even more aggressive tightening by the Fed and potentially raise the risks of a hard landing or a recession. And that is putting pressure on other currencies, mm. notably the euro, which is now near parity yeah. versus greenback for some in nearly 20 years. Uh, talking about warning flags, we've got more companies raising the warning around cutting staff, slowing down hiring, the stronger US dollar posing headwinds. Let's check in now with Ablesh Narayan. He is the Senior Investment Strategist for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Morning, Ablesh. Good morning, Ryan. Hey, let's dive into what to expect tonight. We've got the inflation data to watch out for. It's already at 40-year highs. But recently, last week, we had rather robust non-farm payrolls data showing that it jobs market is rather resilient. How do you just interpret all these signals which shows that you know, on some signs you've know, you got the markets and economies doing okay. Is there really a risk of recession on the horizon? And that's exactly the point that we have been making or, or telling people, right? Because obviously we have seen signs of economic slowdown in the US, but labor market remains exceptionally strong. And as long as labor market remain healthy in U.S., we are unlikely to see a deep recession. You know, although the, uh, we cannot rule out the chances of a technical recession in first half if we get a negative print in, in second quarter GDP. Now, if I look at the job creation in U.S. for the months ahead, obviously the current strong pace of job creation is unlikely to sustain. As you mentioned, you know, a lot of companies have indicated that they are looking to slow down their hiring plans. And the Fed itself is predicting that unemployment rate will increase from 3.6% right now to 4.1% in the next 18 months or so. So as long as we manage that process, U.S. should be able to avoid recession in the next 6 to 12 months. But the one negative thing in the jobs data is that wage growth is running behind inflation, which means that the inflation-adjusted spending power of people is going down. And that's something we need to monitor. Yeah, lots to watch out for in the upcoming earnings season. Uh, like you pointed out, we are hearing from companies cutting back on hiring. Google is among the latest. Microsoft also in the past 24 hours has uh, made the news for cutting staff. Service now talking about the US dollar headwinds. So when you look at the upcoming earnings season, how much of the recession narrative do you expect to be reflected there? And does that affect how you reallocate or position yourself in the US markets right now? It is going to be an extremely important earnings season. Now, while we have seen the S&P 500 decline by nearly 20% year to date, what is very interesting is that earning expectations have actually increased from 8.4% at the start of the year to 9.5% right now. So, you know, earnings have not really priced in a, a slower economic growth outlook. So, obviously, as investors, we will be looking for companies' guidance for impact of inflation, higher interest rates, and, you know, signs of growth slowdown. That being said, it is still fairly early days in the earnings season. We've only seen about 20 companies or so report till now. But yes, uh, fair enough to say that in the next few weeks, not only the actual earnings delivered in Q2, but also the corporate guidance for the next 6 to 12 months will potentially be a more important driver for equity markets as compared to the Fed. 
Yeah, Ambilash, um, one of the headwinds cited by ServiceNow is the stronger US dollar. So earnings overseas brought back to the US could be eroded. And we've seen that putting pressure on currencies like the euro now trading at parity. And this is really driven by a lot of issues. One of the key ones is the energy crisis. Where do you see the euro going from this point? Yeah, that's, that's obviously a tough one, right? We've seen uh, the decline in euro has been nothing short of dramatic. Uh, as you alluded to, obviously, the latest leg of declines is being driven by concerns that the maintenance of the key Nord Stream uh, gas pipeline from Russia to Europe could cut the supply of gas for longer than expected, which in turn could prompt rationing uh, from European governments and hurt the economic growth. Now, obviously, in the next few days, we'll, we'll, we will have to see whether the supplies of gas are, are resumed as planned mm-hmm. or there's a delay. But I think when we think about the euro touching parity, it's not just the gas supply. Yesterday, we saw German ZU survey or the investor confidence survey plunge sharply and you know, market expectations of consumer expectations are downbeat. So clearly, recession worries are increasing for euro area as well. But from a technical front, right, we think that euro appears oversold at the moment. So mm. we could see a consolidation around parity, you know, which we have seen in, before 2002. So it's nothing new. And, and the next level of support for euro uh, lies at around 0.99 in our, in our opinion. Yeah, so lots of support around the parity level for the euro. And related to that is also pressure on the pound. And that is also seeing a slew of issues just weighing on the pound. Most recently is the uncertainty around the political landscape with Boris Johnson resigning. How will that change the outlook for the British pound? At the end of the day, it depends on on how the situation around the political landscape resolves itself. Because we did see the pound bounce higher after the resignation of Boris Johnson. But since then, we've seen a decline over the past couple of days. Now, see, from a fundamental perspective, UK still faces, you know, a fairly high inflation, slower growth. And the political turmoil has just added to the uncertainty. Now, if we end up getting a PM who is a new PM who is uh, somewhat popular, then GDP could strengthen should UK work to improve its uh, relations with the EU and execute, you know, well-structured policy. However, if the political uncertainty stretches out, then we could see a policy vacuum and, you know, a weaker UK government with key members vying for the top job is unlikely to be a market-friendly backdrop. So, you know, in the near term, we are slightly bearish on the pound. So we are looking at key supports at 117 and 114. Mm, now, British pound is already uh, weaker against the US dollar by nearly 14% in the past year. For the euro, is down nearly 15% in the past year. So let's take a look at another big area of focus for investors, which is China. We've seen tech stocks enter a technical correction yesterday. And this is around more jitters around COVID-19. That seems to be resurfacing and just causing a lot of back and forth with the sentiment around stocks. What do you make of the approach towards China right now. Is this actually the right time to dip your toes there? Well, in short, yes. It's not a bad time to start averaging in. When we think about Chinese stocks, they have been hit by a flood of bad news. As you mentioned, we've seen concerns around COVID uh, cases rising, potential lockdowns. But also, we saw imposition of fines on key technology companies late last week for failing to make proper antitrust disclosures on prior deals. 
right? Now, if you look at the week ahead, the most important piece of data will be the Q2 GDP release on Friday. Mm. And we all know that GDP release is a backward-looking indicator, but there is going to be an unusual level of scrutiny of the Q2 data as markets try to impact or gauge the impact of COVID lockdowns on the full-year economic growth, you know, looking ahead. So, you know, obviously, in the near term, uh, Chinese equities could remain a bit volatile. But as long as we don't see strict lockdowns like the ones we saw in Q2, we think market weakness could be temporary as, you know, both monetary and fiscal policy continue to be firmly focused on supporting economic growth. And that, in our opinion, should should drive Chinese equities to outperform global equities on a 12-month horizon. All right, long-term support for Chinese stocks to look out for. If we're chairing with Abilash Narayan, he is the Senior Investment Strategist for Standard Chartered Private Bank. Abilash, thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.